Hi, everyone. Um, welcome back to Come As You Are. Um, so this week, um, we're going to be talking about the society, what's the word? The imposed timeline of relationships that society has done. So um, today, on the day this is being published, is February 14th, which happens to be Valentine's Day. So if you celebrate, happy Valentine's Day. Um, and if you don't, that is okay. Um, and also, I just want to say, if you're alone this Valentine's Day and you're feeling a little, a little sad, a little crummy, um, <laughs> I'm right there with you, <laughs> um, but um, I did want to say that it's also important to acknowledge that you have love coming from so many other sources in your life that I think it's also important to remember those and kind of lean into those if you need some love. Um, and yeah, and so today, uh, um, my bestie is joining me again. Um, Adri, would you like to introduce yourself? Yes, hi. Um, my name is Adriana, but I'm better known as Adri. Um, my pronouns are she, they, and I am queer and a pansexual. Welcome again. Thank you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I will introduce myself as well. I'm Adriana. Um, my parents are she and her, and I am very straight. <laughs> <laughs> so like we mentioned last week, it's kind of perfect because two word signs, same name. We mm -hmm. essentially complete the um, sexuality wheel, the sexuality spectrum. Oh, yeah, we do. <laughs> two peas in a very complex pot yeah <laughs> so I thought I'd start out by talking about kind of like the societal expectations of romance and sexuality and kind of that like a big part of it is like how the media plays a role in in just our daily lives because we can't really escape it and we get it from everywhere like um for instance like social media and then growing up um like movies and like those like little um cheesy like teen magazines with all oh like God, the yeah. young like stars uh -huh. and then also <laughs> Um, and then also like TV shows still. Um, and I feel like the media tries to tell us like when we should be meeting like certain romantic milestones, like for instance, like having your first kiss, like um, early puberty sometime in high school, mm -hmm. um, maybe like um having your sexual debut sometime when you're like a young adult um sometime like also has been like in high school too but yeah um and then 
yeah and and that these like I feel like these um ideas that society has imposed on us are harmful to they're they're definitely more harmful to some folks than others but I feel like it's harmful to everyone regardless of sexuality and for instance in my case I um I I was feeling like in high school I was feeling so left out because everybody was having their first kiss and like their first relationship and I didn't that didn't happen for me until last year and it made me feel I'm gonna be honest it made me feel like shit it made me feel like something was wrong with me and it made me feel it completely did not help my like self-esteem it was Mm -hmm. it was not it wasn't good and something that I continue to struggle with um it definitely made me feel really lonely um and yeah and I think that when it comes to loneliness sometimes it's hard especially from my point of view it's hard to um separate the feelings of loneliness that are like genuine Mm -hmm. and the feelings of loneliness that are like caused by seeing everybody are seeing like posts on social media about people Mm -hmm. in relationships and that's okay like I'm happy for them but yeah it does make me feel lonely um so that was one thing and then another thing that I was talking to Adri about is like um like the idea of having as someone who has not been in a serious monogamous relationship um getting advice from others or getting like a pep talk saying like oh it's okay like you'll find someone your time will come like I I appreciate the sentiment and usually the people that tell me that are very kind and loving human beings but it's because the way like society I guess has imposed this idea on all of us it um it feels it I don't know it feels a little I don't like using this word but I guess it, the, the word that I'm thinking of is it feels a little disingenuous because mm-hmm. they have experienced love and I have not mm-hmm. and I want to experience love so badly um but I don't know it's like we're not they'll do like people will do their best to understand um but it's an experience that's so unique to each person Mm -hmm. that I feel like the best they can do is just listen because their experience is not the same as mine Mm -hmm. and sometimes it's so frustrating um but yeah, I think that's that's definitely something that I'm not sure if a lot of other people experience, but it's definitely something I've experienced. Um, but what are your thoughts on the media kind of yelling at us 
how we should love and be in a relationship? Yeah, um, I, um, I'm a millennial. And so I definitely grew up during the area when like J14 magazine and like all of those teen magazines were like the best thing ever. Um, I would religiously buy them all the time. Like we even got a subscription to them. So they would come in the mail. And so the pressure to be in a heterosexual, like to be in a heterosexual relationship was really there. Um, considering like I'm very queer on top of like the pressure um, of having like, um, what is the word? Like the pressure of being in a relationship from like a very young age, especially for cis women, um, AFAB people and like um, people that were just socialized as women. Um, so like the whole idea that romantic relationships are the most important relationships you can have versus yeah. um, um, like downplaying platonic relationships. And um, again, especially towards women and AFAB people where it's kind of like, the most important thing you can have is the validation of a man. And the only way that you are a real human being is through the validation of a man. Um, and I definitely felt that pressure when I was really, really young, um, especially as like, um, like as a closeted, like queer person, because when I was younger, I definitely had those feelings. I just didn't have language for it. Mm -hmm. um, but I definitely found myself like shoving it down deep <laughs> and like always looking for the attention um, of men. Um, I think also another expectation I definitely felt at a young age, especially growing up in like a very religious Christian household is the dichotomy of being sexually active and not being sexually active. Mm. So like, if you think about like every Disney channel show, um, I think high school musical is like the best example of this. Um, like they're like towards the end of the film, Troy and Gabriella are like going to have a kiss, but they're interrupted. And there is like always this like pressure to have like some kind of physical aspect of like a young heterosexual relationship because that is the norm and that's what is expected. Um, but at the same time, we're being told in school to be abstinent and like to not do these things. So there was also the pressure of like, um, like, oh, I really like this boy. This is like a true story. There is like this boy that really liked me and he wanted to like kiss me and he was waiting for me by my locker in the ninth grade. And I was horrified and I did not want to do it. And so I saw him and I like ran away. And I should have known too that I was like super gay at that time. <laughs> because again, like it's like fulfilling this expectation of like, okay, you're in high school. You're supposed to have your first kiss by like, again, like you were mentioning early puberty mm -hmm. um, in high school at some point. And I completely blew it off because it was just so much pressure. Yeah. Um, like making myself like someone in that kind of a way. And so those are like the societal expectations of like love and romance that I felt at a very young age, especially as like a super young queer person. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I just, we're definitely going to get into that. Um, 
uh, idea later, but just like the pressure you feel from others mm-hmm. to not necessarily the media, but like from others in your life. Yeah. Like meet certain miles. So <laughs> following the idea of other people in your life, um, <laughs> like another aspect of societal expectations comes like heavily from the patriarchy and like all of these old ideas. And um, like we were talking about like, the two biggest ones being like marriage and having kids and I think that um oh and the the other one oh wait let me start with these two but like I think that marriage and having kids is definitely a beautiful thing but I don't think that um it needs to be the norm like um people people should feel okay that like they don't need to get married to show the other person in their relationship that Mm -hmm. they are committed to them but Mm -hmm. at the same time I think that those two concepts they're very beautiful but they're also very um what's the word um well, for one, they're very heteronormative, but for two, or for two, <laughs> also they are. Um, what am I thinking of? The like, your like marriage doesn't need to um, be the ultimate like sign that you love someone, and mm-hmm. I think that um but like society has made us think that that's like the ultimate goal and I feel like if you've talked with your partner and you both know that like your connection for each other is very deep and very strong um but you're not interested in marriage that's okay like um yeah that's that's one thing and then the other thing is like um the whole idea of like family like extended family being nosy in like your relationship status or like if you're gonna get married or if you're gonna have children and I feel like that like um it, it can be really hard especially if you're not following like a normal a quote-unquote like normal timeline Mm -hmm. um but at the same time I think it's important to remember and I'm still remembering this that um like you don't need to explain your relationship status to anybody Mm -hmm. and um like you can if you want to but it's not it's not their business and at the same time like uh it's just such an antiquated idea of having other people like needing to have a say in your love life mm-hmm. um but what are your thoughts oh my god yeah okay so I guess my thoughts on this is coming from like a Latina coming from a like a Latinx family on top of coming from like a very religious mainly Catholic although I do I grew up Christian family um 
and being very queer, like I think the concept of marriage is very old fashioned. Mm-hmm. Um, if you think about it, like my understanding of marriage, um, please don't quote me on this, is is mainly for the security of women and AFAB people way back when to make sure that they could have money and property and protection because even now (laughs) I think that like at least social structures like very much uphold this that like um, a woman isn't actually a human being until they have the validation and protection of like a man. Mm-hmm. And so because of that, I think marriage is like such an outdated concept. Um, mm-hmm. I think the ritual of marriage of, um, I guess, having people that you love and that support your love there to celebrate the love that you have with another person or multiple people, I think is beautiful. But the whole like, societal expectation of it I think is bullshit um excuse my language you said it um, so much better than I did yeah I- <laughs> um I think as well like the idea of having children um I don't know I feel like that's such a like such an individual thing but I also mm. think it goes back to societal pressure of um societal and religious pressure where it's kind of like women and AFAB people are only brought into this earth. This is a very religious perspective. So if this is triggering, I apologize. Um, That they're only brought to this earth to be submissive and to continue to reproduce. And I also think that's bullshit. Um, (laughs) So those are my thoughts on it. Um, And in regards to like my own personal life, like these expectations of being a woman or being perceived as a woman um, within my family has been like super intense. So like an example of this is like when I turned 20, my mom gave me this huge speech about how I had to start getting serious about dating and that I had to be nice to men so that I could like get married to like a rich man that was like the other criteria like this man had to be rich with a college degree from like a good family like um I had to get married and I had to start having babies super super young and that like that's the best way to do it to have babies young to get married young like to have my whole life to be about this man So like that expectation was like hardcore pushed onto me when I was young on top of like being a virgin when I got married. And that's like the whole religious portion of it. Mm -hmm. Um, Also extended family definitely was like very nosy when it came to like my relationship status. And like, I remember once, like, I don't even remember how old I was. I want to say it was like, maybe like 21, 22, I think my uncle like came to visit and he asked me what the problem was as to why I didn't have a boyfriend yet. And at the time, like I was closeted. I knew that like, I was like gay basically. And I was I just, I wasn't out yet. And that really like scared me at the time. And it also frustrated me. Um, this same uncle, when I went to my cousin's wedding, looked me straight in the eye and was like, I think you'll be the next one to get married. And, <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> and, and I, I, I know, I know. And I still wasn't out yet. And I was like, oh my God, well, if I do end up getting married, at least like the ritual of marriage, like 
I don't think you're going to be into it because it's not going to be a cis man. And if I do end up marrying a cis man by any, by like some fluke in like our time system and the matrix, whatever, like, okay, but I don't really see that happening for me. (laughs) I think the other thing too, with just like my experiences within like religion, society, and like my own family, um, I feel like that is the only option that we are shown and that we're taught and the media plays a big role in that and society plays a big role in that and so does every aspect of our society like that's really yeah those are the only options we're given and if you deter from that then like you are um oh my goodness, like you're like the oddball out and I've always been the oddball out. So this is perfect for me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, those are my thoughts. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Just like, I wish we lived in like a society that like celebrated whatever your love status was without having to input their opinion. Oh my God. Yes. Wouldn't that be absolutely wonderful? That'd be so oh nice. God. <laughs> oh gosh. Um, yeah. And the, I think that the next thing I want to talk about is like how we've been conditioned to display our feelings in a relationship. And that could be from like the time you're dating this person or like, like at the very beginning when you're like just getting to know this person to like later on when you consider each other a significant other um so like for instance like we're conditioned like to have like like there's like um as I was gonna say certain like feminine things we should do or certain things that are like masculine that like men should do in regards to like how they show feelings like for instance like something like I've seen is like when you're first talking to somebody like you like you shouldn't send like so much information like when you're in the talking stage Mm -hmm. and um like don't send like more than like one text at a time Mm -hmm. uh and like I think that I think that's kind of bold because like you're um I think it's like a good thing because you're letting the other person know that you're interested and like also that you're not boring uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, <Have a> personality <laughs> yeah and so like I think that's one thing and then the other thing is like um the whole idea of like playing hard to get I feel like if you really like somebody and that's it, it doesn't matter if you don't know how they feel about you just yet but if you really like somebody I, I like what's wrong with making the effort and making that known like you shouldn't play around and I think I think people really appreciate like I well not necessarily like I don't mean not like the straightforwardness of it but that like you're being very clear about it essentially yeah like you're not playing games you're not like 
like super, I know you've experienced this and I've experienced this where someone is like consistently texting you and then suddenly they're like super aloof and you're like, wait a minute, I thought we had like a really good texting thing going on and then suddenly you're not talking to me. Is this like the game of dating now? (laughs) Uh, It's the absolute worst. Um, And then the other thing um, that I've noticed like from like um the male perspective okay well I've noticed from my perspective that freaking men need to stop doing is like (laughs) um like showing emotion like and being vulnerable men are afraid to do that because Mm -hmm. like it um well it makes them look less manly apparently Mm -hmm. but um yeah I just like I feel like part of it is maybe they don't know how to mm-hmm. and or maybe they are genuinely scared to but like I would understand if like by admitting that you're scared that that's viewed as less manly but like yeah. oh my god for god's sake please start sharing your feelings men the seven percent of you on here please <laughs> <laughs> please start sharing your feelings with the rest of us like we're We're not not gonna like like we're not gonna um we're not gonna what's the word like think less of you you're not like manly enough because remember manliness is a social construct it's not real yeah yeah and so those are my like there's obviously a few more but those are the ones that come off come to the top of my head so thanks for getting so um what are your thoughts on this yeah um so I guess I'm gonna be speaking from like a very monogamous point of view um because I do understand that there are other points of view especially within polyamorous non-monogamous etc kind of relationships which are all valid by the way um but I've noticed that um The way that we're conditioned to express our feelings within a relationship very much is based in um, heteronormativity and heteropatriarchy. And I think, unfortunately, from, again, I'm speaking from my own experiences. I'm not speaking for the entire queer community. Um, I've noticed that these, like, gendered expectations behind how you share your feelings have also followed within queerness and like queer people. And I've noticed this, especially when I have been on dates with um, like, like non-binary trans mask people or like AFAB people, um, where if they're more masculine presenting, I've noticed it's like, I'm still getting feelings and they're still telling me things, but it's a lot harder to have a, um, oh my goodness, what is the word? not a genuine connection, but not a connection that is like following these really intense gender, gendered expectations of like masculinity, if that makes any sense, versus when I've gone dates on like people that identify as like women or like cis women, Mm -hmm. um, like it's, I don't know, like being able to be open about how we're feeling is like so much easier for whatever reason. Um, and again, this is not, I'm not speaking on everyone, but again, this is just from like a few dates I've gone on with like more masculine presenting people. 
um, where again, like these gender norms, we like fall into them. So like if we're on like a date, like the more masculine presenting person is like offering to buy me a drink or is holding the door for me. Um, and I find myself being the more femme person just very quickly slotting into the more submissive feminine role of like being like, well, thank you. And I'm going to be, um, I guess like, I don't, I don't want to say more girly, but like more girly. I don't know how else to explain that versus when I've gone on dates with women who are also femme, it's kind of like, um, and it's true in my experience where I'm like, hold on a minute, like there's not like a gender rule to follow, like we're to these like two like women seeming people. Um, and I think that also is valid and it like proves the point that there is no man in queer relationships. I just want to like throw that in there for all the heterosexuals out there that are always like, who is the man in the relationship? There, that doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, I feel like, unfortunately, those gendered experiences and expectations, um, unfortunately, also follow queer people. Um, again, in like my own experiences. Um, and I don't know how many more times I can say that. I guess I just like want to make that known. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but these are, again, coming from my experiences. Um, and it just shows that like heteronormativity and heteropatriarchy is just like so ingrained in us. And it's still something that um, is being deconstructed, especially within like queer circles and within queer people. And even within myself, I am in no way perfect and I'm still learning every day. And I'm still destructing, deconstructing these expectations that have been put onto me and onto everyone, like even before conception. So yes, those are my experiences. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, wow. How like, it's just so interesting to like, truly wrap your head around like how deeply ingrained these like um ideas like these ideas of how to present your feelings in a gendered way have like kind of taken over all of us um and so now that we've talked a bit about like societal expectations um we've also like briefly touched on it but now we're going to focus on it a bit more is like the idea of how each and every person's um timeline regarding romantic milestones how it's all um looked at in comparison to the concept of the heteronormative timeline and how the heteronormative timeline is kind of seen as like the default that everybody should be meeting I guess like checking all the boxes mm -hmm. and that um even obviously some people are more affected by it than others um and some people have um like everybody has their own timeline mm -hmm. but I feel like this affects everyone regardless of sexuality in the sense of the heaviness of the pressure we face um because that we'll be talking about this a little bit later but 
just like how that pressure is so harmful to our like mental health Mm -hmm. um but yeah okay so adrian and i were both in a queer theory class taught by dr christy soros such an awesome professor (laughs) um and so one of the concepts we learned about in our queer theory class was what i just mentioned the idea of a heteronormative timeline Mm -hmm. so um Adri, would you mind giving a little backstory to what it is, please? Yeah, I can definitely do that. And this is going to be like a super rough, rough version, condensed version. Um, But the heteronormative timeline that we understand um, is or was like, I guess, coined by Lee um, Edelman um, in the, um, would you call it like a journal, an article? Yeah, it was... um... I would say like an article. I think that's what an article. Was. Yeah. Um, an article by Lee Edelman called the future is kid stuff, queer theory, disidentification and the death drive. Um, there are many topics within that, <laughs> within yeah. that title, but we're just going to be focusing on the heteronormative timeline. Um, the idea behind the heteronormative timeline um, is that it only works for and ties into heteronormativity that it only works for white cis heterosexual people that tend to come from higher economic um, situations Um, so an example of like a timeline is that at birth you are born to two heterosexual parents your mother is not working Um, so your mom's a stay at home mom, your dad is the one getting all of the money for the family and providing for the family. Um, within that timeline, there are also, um, romantic and sexual, um, expectations to be hit. So having like your first kiss within puberty, um, having your sexual debut, um, like within your teens to early adulthood, um, going straight to college right after high school, meeting your partner in college, getting married, like right out of college. Um, if you are a woman or an AFAB person, there is an expectation to, um, like not only have a career, but to give birth to children before 30, Mm -hmm. i.e. before 25, Mm -hmm. um, and give up your career to be a, like a stay at home parent. Um, and then have your whole life be surrounded by children and, um, having a midlife crisis and then retirement vacation and having money. If again, you are from a higher social, social economic standing, And by this timeline, just by thinking about it and like looking at it, this very quickly um, excludes everyone from the LGBTQIA community. So it's inherently homophobic and transphobic um, on top of it also excludes marginalized groups of people, people of color, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And this expectation where if you want to think about it, like the American dream was really like... I feel like the American dream is this, this heteronormative timeline. Um, it, it really just doesn't work for people. I know it hasn't worked for me. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, and so that's like a short and condensed version of, um, I guess this heteronormative timeline, if you are interested, please reach out because I have a copy of the entire, of the entire article that you can read and it's annotated. So please reach out. (laughs) Um, 
yeah and how so that is the timeline that essentially we're all like since like you might like as you mentioned Adri that we're all like I guess not cold but um what's the word I'm thinking made to follow since birth um yeah I would say that we we've been like highly encouraged to follow this since (laughs) birth especially like I'm so sorry for the tangent especially since when at birth they automatically correlate like your sex to your gender so that also super ties into that heteronormative timeline oh my gosh yeah for sure um and I think that because of that timeline um like we've all been like growing up as like little kids going into you know late childhood and then adolescence like middle school high school like um something we talked a lot about in class and um that you and I always talk about is like how once again media ruin it on ruining it for everyone (laughs) it has contributed to um portraying this as the norm and so because we're seeing it from like like the biggest example would be like disney movies Mm -hmm. and because we're seeing it from um like such a young age yes like we're conditioned like want that um or not necessarily want that mm-hmm, but that like mm-hmm. that's what we should be doing um oh my god yeah I agree with you completely so um we've also talked so we just talked about like pressure and how we all kind of face that because of this timeline um how do you think this has affected your mental health Oh, that is a really good question. I think that um, the way that this has really hurt like my mental health specifically um, within like my own like life is like just this pressure um, of what my life needs to look like. This pressure of like, yes, I need to get an education and like make my education and my career my focus. But at the end of the day, like having a man's validation and getting married and having children was like my ultimate goal, which brings me back to like the age old, like philosophical question of like, if a tree has fallen in the woods and no one is there to witness it, did the tree fall? Like I am like a woman, I'm a person, but if a man is not like sexually interested in me, am I actually a real human being? you know what I mean and I feel like society very much puts that pressure onto like women and like afab people where they're like well if you're not actually like married to a man um or if like a man is not interested in you then like your life has no purpose like that's how at least it felt like to me and it really hurt my mental health because I was like I just knew that wasn't for me and it was just this whole thing of trying to have like my own um 
like my queer romance and like the queer love that I have experienced and shared with people to have it be validated by like society, by my family, by people that um, are not open to the LGBTQIA plus community, if that makes any sense. So like for me, especially in like my super young adulthood, um, it was just so hard to try to imagine my life outside of that, especially when I realized I wasn't straight and that I wasn't interested in marrying a cis man. Do you know what I mean? And that really sucked. And so I'm really glad that um, I have like not only grown as a person, but also like I have such a beautiful queer community around me. Um, on top of like really supportive allies like yourself, Adriana, and like mm-hmm. um, like being immersed in like the women and gender studies department, like just being able to see a whole different perspective as to what life can look like definitely helped my mental health. And I wish little me saw that there were more options out there other than this like heteronormative and heteropatriarchal expectation of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, wow, that, that, that was beautiful and very um, yeah, I think for me, like, I'm kind of, like, ashamed to say this, but, like, I used to have this, like, in high school and, like, middle school, I used to have this, like, self-deprecating joke about, like, telling everybody that I would invite them to a big party to celebrate that I had gotten into a relationship Um, because and it was kind of like a joke because I'm like I'm never gonna throw this party because it's never gonna happen Mm. and it it's just like yeah and the thing is like just growing up like it felt it definitely like oh my god like bruised and scarred my self-esteem so bad but just like making a joke about um an idea that knowing now it's okay if I don't get there even though I really want to but um that like I don't know making a joke about like something that at the time I thought was never gonna happen and that you know I was just gonna be the odd one out and never having experienced anything Mm -hmm. and still it feels like like it still feels like lonely in that sense but at the same time and that's definitely affected my mental health mm-hmm. um but at the same time it's um like it's definitely made me focus a lot more inward if mm-hmm. that makes sense so like because and this is kind of a good thing I guess like I if I were to um, hop in <laughs> to a serious monogamous relationship mm-hmm. this year. I am a lot more, even though I still struggle with some things, 
I'm a lot more emotionally mature than who I probably was. Actually, mm, (laughs) hold on. I'm a lot more emotionally mature than who I was in high school. But at the same time, Mm -hmm. my emotional maturity was out of this world and compared to everybody else. So Mm -hmm. I had to flex on that for a second. I was... (laughs) Um, but yeah, y'all get the idea, but, um, so now that we've talked about, like, the timelines that, like, we feel the pressure to face, Mm -hmm. um, I want to wrap up this episode by saying that romantic love is, like, so beautiful and so exciting and so terrifying and so infuriating at the same time but um I like I've always looked at it like even though there are negative feelings when it comes to it like that's love in its entirety it's not all going to be like positive feelings um Mm -hmm. as much as like we strive for that and it it's important to strive for that I guess it is healthy but like acknowledging that it's not all that is also important too I think Mm -hmm. um and yeah so thank you for tuning in guys um I just want you I guess we we want you to remember that as you listen to this today on February 14th remember to be kind to yourself if you feel lonely or if you feel like um frustrated that you're not in a relationship um because society has constructed these expectations and it is okay if we do not meet them when it's telling us to meet them and at the same time this is a big lesson I think I've learned is that there's no right way to experience love And it's all going to happen at a different pace for us and that we should trust the timing of when it happens, even though that just like trusting something that we don't know is so scary, but like, I'm, I'm still scared and I'm in the process of that, but like, I have so much hope that if whoever is listening to this finds themselves in some of the same situations that I do, that you also have hope because I think that when we get to the good part that it's going to be so good for us um and I think the last two things I want to say are that um well as I kind of mentioned at the beginning that love comes from so many different sources and as much as romantic love is beautiful there's also platonic love and there's love from I was gonna say love from our friends but that's the same thing as platonic love (laughs) but there's also love from like our families and our chosen families and just like the um like the maybe like from our acquaintances I feel like on some level there's like some love in that um and yeah and that I think this is a big one for me is that like you're okay for wanting love like romantic love 
while you're in the process of finding love for yourself too and I don't think like if you truly want to find somebody and I think you can do that obviously take this with a grain of salt and do it at the pace that applies to you but um I think that you can go through your own self-love journey and also want love with somebody else as well like one like what's the saying if we're always if we're always waiting to be ready that time is just gonna fly by and we're never gonna be ready Mm -hmm. um so yeah I think that's something important to talk about um is there any anything you would like to add to the conclusion Adri or are you ready to jump into our fun activity yeah um I guess like I would love to add to the conclusion um I guess like the like uh sorry yes so I think the first point that you mentioned like experiencing love is like um really exciting and it's like really scary at the same time and um you're definitely right that it's not always going to be rainbows and butterflies and like this honeymoon feeling so I guess understanding that there's a lot of different facets of love or like different parts of love and it mimics human experience and emotion. So to remember that, um, that, how can I say this? Um, So what I'm trying to say, I guess, is that romantic love is very exciting and it's scary. And I really hope that when that time does come for you if that is something that you're interested in because there are people within the LGBTQIA community that are not interested in romantic love. Um, But if that is something that interests you, I hope that when it comes, it is beautiful and it's exciting and that you are able to be present in the moment and be vulnerable and um, push fear aside because I have definitely let fear get in the way of sharing love with people. Um, so not allowing those things to get in the way of having a beautiful connection with someone. Tell those around you that you love them because just like Adriana mentioned, um, romantic love is not the most important love that we're ever going to have. It's the platonic love that we have with our friends. Um, It's the love that we have within our families, our chosen families, for me, chosen family, Um, even the love we have like for our pets. Um, So be sure to tell the people around you that you love them because um, I feel like that's not done enough. And so, yeah, that's, that's what I wanted to say for the conclusion. That's so beautiful. <laughs> oh my god, I might cry. Everybody, go tell your your doggies and your kitties and your fishies and your snakies and your bunnies that you love them and your turtles. <laughs> tell and tell your um tell your human baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you have a human baby and not like a child, I mean like a romantic partner. <laughs> your your boo thing. Your boo thing. Um, also <laughs> tell your besties that you love them. Like, I love you, Adriana. Oh, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> so um, 
Okay, so to wrap this up, we are playing a fun little game of this or that. Valentine's Day edition. edition. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So here are some fun questions. Um, Red or pink? Red for sure. I think red is such a beautiful and like passionate color. I agree with you. I would also say red. Um, Flowers or chocolate covered strawberries? Um, I've never received chocolate covered strawberries, but I I think flowers are really good. Ooh, I would also say flowers. I love flowers. Okay. Um, staying in or going out? Um, definitely staying in. Um, specifically on Valentine's Day because everybody's gonna go out. I agree with you. I'm also like such a hermit, so like. I don't want to be around other people. Let's stay in. <laughs> um, okay. Night in Paris or a night in New York City? Uh, okay. I I feel like this is a tad. Okay. This is very easy, but also a little hard because I've never been to New York City. So I think it'd be interesting to explore that. But Paris, like 1 million percent. I agree with you. I've always wanted to go to Paris too. So yes, night in Paris um okay uh red or black lingerie Mm, black looks better on me so (laughs) i'm gonna say for this um red lingerie (laughs) um okay fancy restaurant or home-cooked meal Ooh, a home-cooked meal all the way meal I'm gonna go with fancy restaurant. I'm a big fan of both, but I would go with the fancy restaurant. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, roses or a different flower? Oh my gosh, honestly, I would love any other flower. Like go like to a meadow woodsy area and pick me some random flowers that still have like little bugs or spiders on them and I will be so happy. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I think I think roses are a little like a little overdone. Pick a different flower. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, if they if they really wanted to go all out, they would know what your favorite flower is and pick that for you. So, mm, this is true. This is true. Um. Okay. Conversation hearts or heart shaped lollipops? Oh, heart shaped lollipops. Yeah, same, same. I think conversation arts taste a little weird. <laughs> um, okay, PDA or keep it private? Ooh, okay. I think keep it private. I'm not mm. a big PDA person. Um, I would, oh, this is hard. I would say mostly keep it private, but like as long as it's not like super, sh- like, like in your face PDA, I'd be opposed to that. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I agree with that statement. Yes. <laughs> um, okay. Um, planning Valentine's Day together or surprising each other? Honestly, I want to say both. I think it's really nice to be surprised, but at the same time, I'm a Virgo and I love plans and I would absolutely love to know what the plan is so that I can one, dress appropriately so I look fine as hell and two, yes. um, 
<laughs> um, I can just be like prepared for that night. But honestly, being surprised is so nice too. So I want to say both. I agree. I think that like little details would be cute as a surprise, but like for like the overall like event slash like what's for dinner, I would want to plan that together. Yeah, yeah. Well, this one's fun. Okay. Um, I hope everybody has a great week. And I hope everybody um got to learn a little something from this episode. And yeah, um, I will see you guys next week. Okay. Bye guys. Bye.